Welcome to the discussion, Building a Multi-Cloud Strategy for Government, sponsored by VMware. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show. My guests today are Bill Rowan, the Vice President for Strategic Alliances for Government, Education, and Healthcare at VMware, and Keith Nakasoni, a federal strategist at VMware as well. Bill, Keith, so great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Thank you for having us, Jason. Let me set just a little bit of context for our discussion today. More than 10 years into the move to the cloud, many agencies seem to have settled into a hybrid approach. But it's only been maybe the last five years that agencies are fully grasping where the public and private cloud services can help them and why on-premise data centers still remain important. I'm gonna go all the way back to 2016. Keith, we're gonna go, we're gonna look at something in your old agency, the General Services Administration put out back in 2016. They issued a report about the benefits of this hybrid approach, saying at the time in 2016, this approach is beneficial for two main reasons. First, it may help agencies sufficiently protect sensitive or classified data. And second, understanding the use case for the workload of the application and comparing it to the option that you have where to put that software, leaving it running as is, migrating to a combination of public or private cloud infrastructure, also is part of this decision-making process and why a hybrid cloud approach is important. Now, five years later, agencies are focused on optimizing this hybrid environment and taking advantage of the agility and elasticity that it brings. The goal for many agencies now is to find the right balance between their multiple envi cloud environments to ensure applications and citizen services are, here we go, effective and efficient as possible. <laughs> so for many to, to reach that nirvana of optimization, we're gonna turn to my guests. Once again, I'm joined by Bill Rowan, the Vice President for Strategic Alliances for Government, Education, and Healthcare at VMware, and Keith Nakasoni, a federal strategist at VMware. I know I just described that a lot of agencies are in this multi-cloud, multi-hybrid environment, but maybe I'll take a half a step back and ask Bill to start us off. When we talk about this multi-cloud environment and why people are so excited about it and talking about it so much, what does it say about the current state of the cloud, cloud services in the federal government? Well, Jason, first, thank you very much for, for having Keith and I today. I think it says that the government is evolving, most like most enterprises, it's evolving. You know, the federal agencies have been on this digital transformation path for a while now, as you alluded to back in the 2016 GSA memo. Uh, but citizens want access to services, apps, agencies, employees want to be able to get work done from anywhere, from any device. And COVID has really accelerated this journey. I think normally what would have taken years to get done, we've seen done in months. And to make things happen quickly and seamlessly, workloads have to be able to move to the cloud instead of maybe being in a private data center. And we certainly saw that in a, in a number of cases across the board at agencies as workloads got moved. But you know, there's a lot of clouds to choose from now. We have a number of hyperscalers out there. And in the past, the conversation tended to be around which public cloud to choose from. Now, especially if you look at the upcoming JWCC procurement, we're seeing a shift into which cloud to uh, which workload goes to which cloud. And this is really the basis of what we're talking about in terms of multi-cloud, choosing to use multiple public clouds to host your data and applications. Now for government, as an example, there's AWS's GovCloud, there's Oracle's GovCloud, Azure's GovCloud, Google, IBM, and each of those clouds has its benefits. Choosing more than one avoids vendor lock-in, strengthens the security position, and offers actual greater agility in the case of a particular outage. 
But there's a true definition that comes multi-cloud comes in. Multi-cloud isn't just using multiple clouds. It's managing all these clouds in one integrated cloud environment and then providing the security speed that matches up best for those particular applications. You have cloud management platforms now that serve as actually a control panel, if you will, across to create consistency across those environments, create consistency in terms of a security architecture. Otherwise, you're just managing a bunch of complexities in silo type systems, each running different. So again, back to some of your comments, we get to speed, control, and agility. Keith, I don't know if there's anything you'd like to add there. Sure, thanks, Bill. Uh, when we talk about the uh, efficiencies and effectiveness of multi-cloud and the hybrid cloud, we're, we're also looking at maximizing the competition aspects, right? So we, we want to use the best, um, best of the best, as well as being able to have that interoperability. We learned a lot through the pandemic. We, we, we know that we have to be able to work anywhere, any place, at any time with, the, with any device. And you know when we talk about the solutions that we'll have available, if we can maximize and have that interoperability and, and be able to um, use and leverage uh, the capacity across multi-clouds as well as the on-prem solutions, this, this will help enable government to be ready uh, for, for any type of uh, crisis, any type of environment where we have to uh, pivot or move from, uh, from, from a location to another location. So this is where private and public engagements would help. And so where VMware can, can assist and where um, uh, build out future acquisitions, having those active engagements with, with, with the customers with the mission operators, the people who are actually doing the work is key to the success of deployment of multi and hybrid cloud. Keith, you bring up a couple of interesting points that I just want to maybe follow up on. First of all, it's this idea of interoperability, right? You have a workload in one cloud, you need the data from that cloud to go to another cloud. If they're very separate, if they're not being managed from that, here comes Bill, get ready, single pane of glass type of approach. We, we're hitting all the buzzwords today, I think a little bit here, but, but I think it's true that if you don't have that, then it makes your job, it makes the ability to manage that program, that project, then much harder. That's where we're getting to. That, that's why I think what Bill said, you need that integrated cloud environment. Absolutely. And, and when you work through those, um, that, that process, it's, it's actually taking those use cases, right? And looking at how things were built. So if you built something in um, one, just one cloud stack and you didn't um, uh, operate or have that interoperability in, in the configuration process and developing those business processes, et cetera, that that's going to be even more of a, a lift as we move forward. So as we leverage innovations such as artificial intelligence and machine learning, this is going to play a key part in being able to have those solutions in place with the integration and the interoperability as well. Bill, I want to go back to something you said as well, because you said, uh, and I heard this recently from, from somebody else that no matter what sweater you're wearing, a Google sweater, a, a AWS sweater, it doesn't really matter. You have to understand that there's agility that comes with that. Is, is that's a, 
there's a difference though between multi-cloud and hybrid cloud that and, and what you described is the multi-cloud the hybrid piece comes in because you still have also on-prem data centers what are you seeing from agencies around this hybrid cloud approach well i think more and more agencies as a part of their multi-cloud strategy have have looked at the hybrid cloud environments i mean let's face it agencies have invested a significant amount of money both capital dollars and also intellectual property of their own organizations to run their operations as efficiently as possible. And there's a number of agencies out there that would say we can run some of these applications in a much more um, agile manner and a much more cost effective manner on prem. But your but your question is a great one. And to be candid, that's where a lot of the confusion has come around for many of these different definitions. In a hybrid cloud environment, an agency is running a combination of both their private on-prem and public clouds. If you will, it's it's kind of, again, to, to use more of the, the acronym soup, it's that lift and shift mentality where you consider the entire governance framework and the distribution of the data environment, and you're just moving it from one location to another location. A multi-cloud environment has multiple public clouds, in addition to that on-premise environment being one of those clouds. And so it gives you the flexibility to, to acts across all those environments. So where your mission needs change, you can change along with scale at the exact same time. I think that the, the key to this multi-cloud and having the visibility and the interoperability that we've been talking about across all these various clouds though, is that organization is being able to leverage across all those pieces and not just one particular environment or this environment and that environment. How do I take advantage, uh, if you will, if there's a particular application that I want to take advantage of it, maybe it's an AI application, maybe it's some sort of performance measurements that is only available in one cloud provider, then I have the ability to move that workload to that provider to take advantage of it. Now there's also, <coughs> excuse me, there's also differentiators in the multi-cloud as to what environment from what platform. And you can eliminate the need to refactor applications each time you're moving it, if you can have that common profile across all those clouds. Again, you're on-prem and a multitude of those other cloud offerings. That's significant benefit, both to the IT team saving time, extra work, but also the flexibility of not being locked into any one particular solution. Uh, Keith, is there anything you'd like to add there? And and Bill, great points about the the hybrid uh, hybrid cloud. So when we work towards that, you know, there is going to be sets of data that's going to reside within the on-premise environment, and there's going to be opportunities for us to move some of that data out to the edge, because that compute power and the, the with the capabilities of 5G and innovations that that are being developed with with the different tools, we're going to need to maximize to get that data out to the to the uh, for the like for Department of Defense out to the forward deployed, and that's going to be key in the future of how to get access to data a lot quicker, a lot more efficient. And being able, so if when we look at things, look at it from the edge, going back to the to the data centers, if that makes sense. The data, the edge piece is huge, and something that I'm sure there's plenty more to talk to. But first, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll continue our conversation and maybe hit upon some of those topics you just brought up, Keith. 
You're listening to the discussion, Building a Multi-Cloud Strategy for Government, sponsored by VMware on Federal News Network. Today's cloud report, how a multi-cloud approach can give you the freedom of any cloud with the simplicity of one, provided by VMware. Here's Keith Nakasone, Federal Strategist for VMware. We're hearing a lot about multi-cloud in the government space right now, but when you ask federal leaders to define multi-cloud, you get a lot of different answers and a lot of overlap between the hybrid cloud and the multi-cloud. So what is the difference? In a hybrid cloud environment, an agency is running a combination of private and public cloud solutions. A multi-cloud environment has multiple public clouds in addition to the on-premise environments. The key is having visibility and interoperability across all installations of all clouds an organization is leveraging. That's a true multi-cloud environment. VMware helps agencies run all your cloud environments from one platform, eliminating the need to refactor applications each time and giving the agency the ability to create an integrated cloud ecosystem. VMware multi-cloud for government the freedom of any cloud with the simplicity of one. Visit vmware.com slash go slash federal. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion of building a multi-cloud strategy for government sponsored by VMware on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Bill Rowan, the Vice President for Strategic Alliances for Government, Education, and Healthcare at VMware, and Keith Nakasone, a federal strategist also at VMware. Now, before break, both Keith and, and Bill, you brought up interesting aspects to the multi-cloud journey, this idea of hybrid cloud and multi-cloud. But Bill, I want to start with something you had said earlier in in the discussion, which is this idea around workloads. And we heard this a lot earlier on from DOD and other agencies that were like, well, fit for purpose and general purpose, and they had all these different names. But in the end, some workloads run better in cloud X and some workloads run better in cloud Y. And I think that is a key piece to making good decisions and being successful in this hybrid cloud environment. Bill, talk a little bit about that workload, that application rationalization piece. Well, I think that all organizations, when they start to move into down their cloud journey, they start to look at say, what applications are gonna work best in which particular cloud environment. And the reality is cloud service providers, like any other technology provider, are constantly trying to improve themselves, whether from a performance standpoint, whether it's from a usability standpoint. So an agency may determine that X application is going to run best in this particular cloud provider, but they need to have the flexibility that a year down the path, another cloud provider may have very well done some innovation that allows that application to run more efficiently someplace else, or at least we should have the flexibility to be able to do that. And so this concept of, yes, for this particular application at this time, here's where I made the decision. That doesn't necessarily mean your customer wants to be locked into that particular provider forever. So what flexibility do we give them? What innovation can we continue to offer them? And a lot of what VMware talks about in terms of portability of the any application on any device from running on any particular cloud, that's the foundation of what we believe is that you should be able to move these things around, not only as you see fit, but as you see innovation continuing to come down the path and all of the cloud providers are greatly incented to continue to introduce innovation that allows for that type of flexibility. I wanna jump in before Keith uh, talks a little bit about this. How often do you see that happening, Bill? Because I mean, I can imagine, and I'm guessing here having never done this, the lift to get to the cloud is not easy, right? There's so much refactoring that has to get done, maybe modernization of an application. And once I'm there, do I really want to then move it again to somebody else? I mean, is is, is that a really, is how often do you see that happening? 
Or yeah, it, Jason, it's a fair point. And I think early on in the cloud journey, there was a significant amount of refactoring that was necessary. But that's that's the beauty of how the marketplaces evolve. So two particular points on that end. One, the ability to move into this common framework across all multiple clouds that VMware provides today from a virtual machine perspective, it simplifies that greatly, Takes gets rid of a lot of that refactoring that was necessary. The second piece is really the innovation that's come around containers and specifically Kubernetes. VMware has embraced that as well. So that today, whether you create a virtual machine or you create a Kubernetes-based container with VMware, now that container has ultimate portability across all these different clouds. What it also though allows us is that we can ensure that we create a standard and consistent security model now too across those multiple clouds. We create a similar uh, networking strategy across those clouds. So we're greatly at the same time, not only giving ourselves portability, and we're simplifying the the operating model at some level, while at the same time enhancing security. We certainly talk a lot about zero trust, but that's the way we get to this next step. So things have greatly changed. They'll continue to innovate. And that's really where we want to be at the heart of this discussion. Keith, jump in here for a second, because one of the things when you were with GSA and you were working with agencies, were they taking on this idea of, okay, today we'll be in cloud X, but, but tomorrow we may want to be in cloud Y. I mean, would did that conversation happen? Absolutely. And, and a couple of things that we, as we were looking at the, the journey to the cloud is that from a, from a, um, not only from a technology standpoint, but we had to look at it from an acquisition standpoint as well. As we looked at the acquisitions, we, we said we have to be a little bit more uh, flexible as well as um, have the agility to make changes as we need as, as the technology changes. So, so through that journey, one of the um, things that we have to look at is, uh, you know, the workforce at large, are they ready? Are they um, trained in the DevSecOps environment, right? Developing with the security mindset and then the operational capabilities. So DevSecOps is going to be very important, um, as well as training the workforce on how to look at things through a different way, meaning the business architecture, the data governance, the data processes, the policies, everything that govern that the uh, structure of building an IT infrastructure is, is um uh, re requiring change. So when we look at the technology, it's looking at it from a holistic view of saying what part of the businesses need to change along with the technology technology to be able to uh, leverage and maximize the efficiencies that technology is building for us. Now, Bill, Keith just opened up a whole Pandora's box of, of discussion here around the, the, the not just acquisition changes, which we could go down the whole uh, path on, but also the workforce changes. And, and maybe let me start with that acquisition piece a little bit and, and open it to Keith or Bill. Keith, I know that GSA had been, was working on the pay by the drink approach to cloud buying. And I know that that memo, I've gotten a couple copies of the drafts and, and there's a lot of been industry feedback. That's the key here to this uh, really hybrid cloud approach is the ability to pay by the drink. Absolutely. And, and under the multiple awards schedule program under GSA, you know, one of the areas that we focused on was that cloud 
uh, special item numbers so that we would be able to deliver capability, at, at, as you said, pay by the drink. But that, that's where industry is moving as well, right? So as we migrate and change the dynamics, the budget, the, the acquisition process, everything, everything has to fall in line. So from a thought leadership perspective, a lot of the, that CXO, the financial, the acquisition, and, and the CIOs, they have to get together and have those meaningful discussions so that they'll be aligned as they move forward. And so from a workforce perspective and from the business processes, everything has to be looked at. And the, the, the key, one of the key things that we um, uh, we're aware of is, is that uh, organizational change, but also the, the workforce at large, because the, the way we would develop applications and IT modernization moving forward is, wouldn't be the same way as the way we develop legacy systems. Bill, when you have, when you talk to your, your agency customers and, and this idea of, of the workforce challenge and or the procurement challenge, does how often does that come up versus, well, which cloud do we go to and, and what type of cloud is best? I mean, where are these conversations that you're seeing? Well, in my 30 plus years of of doing uh, IT in the federal government, uh, it seems like procurement's always been an issue. So I don't see that one as a new one or going away. I think customers are becoming more sophisticated, not just in government, but in enterprises across the, the board. I think that organizations understand that in this particular model, I should pay for those services just when I'm using them. And when I'm not using them, much like the analogy of turning off the electricity or turning off the lights when you leave a room, it's the same concept. When I'm not using these systems, I should have the ability to turn them off and stop the clock in terms of what I'm paying for. Now, it's a great approach. It's not, it's not usually really simplistic to implement that because you need an additional other types of changes in the workforce so that the, your workforce understands when I'm not using the application, I need to turn the application off so that I stop. So there's a, there's a two, there's a two part uh, issue there. I think that the, the interesting piece is that now today we're seeing a workforce, not just in government, but across enterprises that are constantly looking for that next innovation. And the fact that the, the cloud provides and cloud service providers provide them a marketplace of different tools and different systems that allow for continuous innovation. I think that's the really exciting part. It's not just the fact that we've, we've built these clouds and we're spending less for infrastructure service, but we're allowing constant innovation along the line as well. And that constant innovation, that constant looking for ways to provide greater agility and more flexibility and speed to mission for the constituents of which they serve, that's the really exciting part. And that's where I see the workforce of the government being just as innovative as any enterprise out there in the United States. Bill, you brought up this idea of continuous innovation. And, and I think that's one of the, the, the things that people maybe overlook when it comes to this multi-cloud hybrid approach. You could do something that's on premise and say, hey, if we put this in the cloud, we can 10X this. But we can also then, as things don't aren't needed as much, bring it back on prem. You can go back and forth. You brought up Kubernetes earlier. You brought up a containerization. I think those are some of those innovations that are coming. 
is that where agencies are going next? Again, I'll go back to the question is what do you see from your, your government customers and, and Keith can weigh in here when he was in government now that he's on, on the other side, so to speak, what's the conversations around how do we make, how do how we take advantage of those innovations and become more innovative? Well, so it's interesting. Here's another place where, you know, sometimes the Department of Defense maybe doesn't get the proper uh, kudos it deserves. If you go back a number of years ago and look at what happened at Kessel Run within the Air Force and how their software factory innovated a lot of speed to mission and cost savings along the way for that constant innovation of the application piece. We've seen that replay itself again within US Space Command at Kobayashi Maru. Again, that constant innovation. And, and most probably most recently with what's been done with US Army Futures Command and, the, and their software factory. Again, taking the soldier, putting them in place to help them drive that constant innovation for an application. Those are the things that we find very interesting, and very exciting, and clearly become a part of the JWCC strategy that DOD is trying to move towards with its cloud. How do they harness that innovation? How is that innovation shared across the board at DOD so that other organizations can take advantage of the same sort of, of skill sets and flexibility and agility that those organizations are driving? And I think that if, if the, the average citizens stepped back and looked at what was happening, they would be so very proud of what their government is doing on a regular basis that is going to ultimately protect soldiers and save lives. And I think that's a real something that we can all be very, very proud of, that cloud is playing a, a major portion. Keith, we got about 30 seconds left in our conversation. Quickly, uh, give me, uh, give me a, either react to what Bill said or give me maybe a summation of the big takeaway from our conversation today. Yeah, Bill, Bill's absolutely correct. So, you know, number one thing that we need to do is look at this as an organizational change that, that we have to look at the whole ecosystem in order to make this happen. Um, and I think, you, you know, as we move forward uh, to move acquisitions along, we're going to have to be a little bit more flexible, agile, and not be 100% prescriptive, but, you, you know, have a little bit more agility within the construct of acquisitions. Tell me what problem to solve, not how to solve the problem. It's, it's the old challenge of acquisition. Gentlemen, I very much appreciate your time today, but unfortunately we are out of time. So let me thank my guests. Bill Rowan, the Vice President for Strategic Alliances for Government Education and Healthcare at VMware. Bill, great, always to see you. Good seeing you too, Jason. And Keith Nakasone, a federal strategist at VMware. Keith, always great to catch up with you as well. Thanks for having me. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Building a Multi-Cloud Strategy for Government, sponsored by VMware on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search VMware. Thank you for listening to the discussion Building a Multi-Cloud Strategy for Government, sponsored by VMware on Federal News Network. Today's cloud report, how a multi-cloud approach can give you the freedom of any cloud with the simplicity of one. Provided by VMware. Here's Keith Nakasone, federal strategist for VMware. We're hearing a lot about multi-cloud in the government space right now. But when you ask federal leaders to define multi-cloud, you get a lot of different answers and a lot of overlap between the hybrid cloud and the multi-cloud. So what is the difference? In a hybrid cloud environment, an agency is running a combination of private and public cloud solutions. A multi-cloud environment has multiple public 
public clouds, in addition to the on-premise environments. The key is having visibility and interoperability across all installations of all clouds an organization is leveraging. That's a true multi-cloud environment. VMware helps agencies run all your cloud environments from one platform, eliminating the need to refactor applications each time and giving the agency the ability to create an integrated cloud ecosystem. VMware Multi-Cloud for Government. The freedom of any cloud with the simplicity of one. Visit vmware.com slash go slash federal. Register now for ATARC's Advancing Security Within the Federal Government on October 14, 2021. This virtual summit will bring together expert panelists from across the IT security community to discuss advancing federal cybersecurity to protect against cyber attacks, as well as embracing zero-trust security models. Here, topic experts will share best strategies for discovering devices, tracking behavior, detecting threats, and taking action to protect their enterprises. Register and learn more at atarc.org. That's atarc.org. News impacting feds and contractors, plus Mike Causey's unique perspective on pay, benefits, and retirement. Subscribe to the Morning Federal Report at Federal News Network. WFED Washington, WTOP FM HD2 Washington, W283DG Sterling, WTLP FM HD2 Braddock Heights Frederick. Portions pre recorded. Federal News Network. 